Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 133. The nation's championship plans are abandoned, Falau falls foul of more of the rugby community, and Eddie announces his World Cup training camp squad. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, with you again, another episode. Just just made it in time again, but that's the important thing. Um, and uh, and lots to talk about this week. There've been there've been some interesting updates in this lead up to the World Cup. So to discuss it all with me, as always, uh, Mr. Wood. Hi Dan, how's it going? Yeah, okay, mate. Okay, I uh, I have a, I have to start with a slight confession. I must admit. So I I, I feel that. As as people, you know, we, we do our pod, which we enjoy doing, and we appreciate all the listeners. But I think the listeners then have a right to know to know about us. And uh, to my shame, I have to. I've got to admit this to our listeners. Please don't stop listening as a result. So I apologise. But uh, I'm I'm enjoying Love Island. Mate, of course. Are you are you a Love Island a newbie? <laughs> I am. I am a fair newbie. Heather keeps watching it. I'm like, I'm not watching that shit. And now I'm watching it. Like, oh my god, this is amazing. Love Island um, got amazing like three years ago, and now and now everyone's hooked. It's just weird, but can't can't be helped. That that new bird who's gone in there, she is so hot. I, I literally, I would sell my mum to a North Korean labor camp just to be punched in the face by her. I mean, to be she fair, so you, you, you'd do that to any female with a pulse. So. Well, yeah, I know, but she's she's towards the top of the list at the moment. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, well, that was great insight. Thanks for sharing. Um, Thanks. No, you're welcome. But that... I apologise to the listeners. I know there's still people out there who are haters. No, no, everyone's a lover of the old Love Island. Um, Am I just but, three years behind? Right, bottom line, Dan, it, it is what it is. So, Yeah. Um, but let, let's go rugby. Let's, let's, let's look at rugby. Let's turn our attention to what's going on. So, yeah, obviously... Big news is the England training squad, and we're going to come on to that um, as probably the main part of this. But before we get there, a couple of things um, just to, to mention. So the first thing is that obviously the Nations Championship, we've been hearing about this for for months now, um, You know, a way to, to get the, the top teams playing each other more regularly, the way to get more uh, international sides playing against the top teams in order to... Um, just involve more more teams, and, and with, with I guess the goal being that the World Cup can become a bigger event in the future. Uh, plans have been abandoned. I yeah, this is this is a bit weird. I that caught me off guard. I was under the impression that people had kind of bought in that they were just going back tweaking some changes. And That's what I thought. For it to suddenly go from that to be abandoned, I I mean I'd get it if they came and said, look, there's no agreement being made this time. We need to look at proposals, but they've basically just said, "Nah, we're not doing that now." Well, what it a sounds colossal like waste of time. Yeah, I mean, they they have said, to be fair, they have said we're not just kind of giving up. I think I think the plan is to go away and and just kind of restructure something and come back to the table and and start the process again, you know, and and, and try and meet all the requirements. I think the main issue, and from what I read, um, it was Ireland and Scotland were were two of the the, the sort of the least keen. Um, and they needed to get everyone to agree. And it was because of the relegation promotion issue. And it wasn't so much that they were concerned. You know, you immediately you hear that and you think, oh, you know, what, they're worried they're going to get relegated. But I don't think it's that. It was that they were basically saying that the second division just wasn't structured well enough. It wasn't strong enough. 
So it's right. all well and good putting all this effort into creating that sort of that top tier. But the for this to work, you need a strong second division if you're going to have relegation and promotion. Otherwise, it'll be like the Premiership, or you know, where the Championship teams, most of them, simply aren't capable of being in the Premiership, even if they're good enough because of all the other requirements. Um, so that was the the main issue, which I which I kind of get. Um, yeah. It's a shame, particularly for some of the the the, the nations who are lower down the uh, the table. Um, because obviously this would have been a great opportunity for them to get a lot more experience playing the top teams, um, and and yeah, in principle, I quite like you know the idea that the Six Nations that's not going anywhere. That's just how the the sort of the top six nations in the Northern Hemisphere that's that's how they play each other. Likewise, the Championship it's how the top nations in the Southern Hemisphere kind of play each other, and then it just ensures that um, the games are more even evenly spread out in the autumn and the summer, but. So yeah, I, I hope they come up with something, um, something that works because I think it would be good to just apart from anything else, you know, as lovers of the game, we want to see more international rugby because, you know, unlike with football, um, I think international rugby is the pinnacle of the sport. Whereas, yeah, in football, that's not doesn't seem to be the case in, in quite the same way. It's yeah, I, I do, I. I... Yeah, I don't really know what to think about this one. It just to me, it's just like, oh right, all right, well, that that was pointless. Um, yeah. it, it just it is a shame because especially and the country, the main thing that I want to see is Fiji getting plenty of time to play together, train together, because that team could be absolutely incredible. Well, and look likewise at with players, the USA, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. You know the amount that they've come on in the last three or four years. Um, you know, we we were saying not that long ago we thought it would be two World Cups before they were ready to compete. But you know, I, I think I think they're a team not to be underestimated any at any time. Uh, I don't think they're quite there yet. But um, England will beat the USA this this World Cup, no uh, doubt. I, I I agree, but that's because England are going to beat everyone because they're winning it. Remember. Of course, of course. Um, but you know, it, it wouldn't come as a complete, you know, as a total sort of surprise like you know when japan beat south africa it shocked everybody i don't think it would be as much of a shock if um the usa beat france for example uh just because of what france can do maybe maybe, that. maybe that's exactly what it is maybe it's just because it we know be that france have the ca- have the capabilities to you know and this is obviously it completely ignoring what england did against scotland in the six nations but france have the ability to completely implode um, yeah but yeah, it's. it's I think. I think. It's, I think the key, the key thing is just not to underestimate them. And I think when we come to discuss, because um, it's not going to be today, but when we come to discuss, you know, Pool C, our pool for the World Cup, and the teams that are in it, and the games we, we, we're going to be looking um, ahead to, I think it's it, it'll be an interesting one because I think suddenly what looked six months ago like a fairly simple pool is starting to look a little tougher. Yeah. Um, but anyway. That is to be discussed when we cover that off um, in the coming weeks. Um, the next thing before we get on to the training squad, because that is the main part of today's episode, um, and I know that we said we weren't going to keep dwelling on him, and I know that we keep coming back to it, but t- today it's less about <laughs> what he said and more about what, what the latest on the Falau saga. Um, I don't know if you've read this yet, Dan. I, but... I, I have, mate, and I'm absolutely... Like, this is... I think this is a bit disgusting. So... I'm sure most of you will already know, but uh, for those that don't, so Israel Falau has has he's now got a GoFundMe page 
where he is asking for um, public support, financial support, to cover the cost of his legal battle with Rugby Australia. Um, I mean, I mentioned last week, it doesn't sound to me like the most Christian thing, but um, you know, aside from all of that, and there's plenty of people pointing that out, um, it, it's, it's been... You know, they, he's obviously got a lot of support from people who have the same sort of beliefs as, as him, who don't who are, don't have the restrictions that he has in you know in terms of why it's not okay for him to go around saying the things that he's been saying and why he's in the situation that he's in. Um, but there's been an awful lot of negative uh, press surrounding this, and rightly so, rightly so. Well, and one one in particular, um, I, I think it's had, I don't know. 50,000, 60,000 likes, maybe more. I can't remember exactly what the numbers are at. This is probably an old example. In fact, it's probably way more than that by now. This is this is a while back. But it was Drew Mitchell who said, yep. you're in a fight that you chose to be in after you broke the terms of your contract. The kids below are in a fight they never wanted to be in, and yet you think you deserve donations more than they do. And then what he's done is he's kind of posted four pictures. One of them is the Israel Falau Legal Action Fund, which is to on the, in this picture I'm looking at now it was $250,000 it's now over half a million and the four Jesus. pictures surrounding it you know Princess Piper fighting neuroblastoma $100,000 raised um, you know another kid who's fighting the same disease you know $75,000 raised $40,000 raised another one fighting a similar disease $30,000 raised and obviously the point was you know you're, you're not a poor man who is being uh put in a, a situation that that you can't fight because of your personal circumstances. These kids didn't ask for what's happening to them. And if if you're gonna, you know, as a as a Christian man who wants to to impart Christian values on the world, it just seems a bit odd to put yourself up against these people and say, look, you know, my my ten million dollars in the bank and and my five million dollar property portfolio Let's forget that for a minute. I need your help to pay the three hundred thousand dollar fees, which apparently is what's being quoted as the likely cost of his um, legal fees, um, even though he's asked to raise three million. It's all very strange, um, and and yeah, Drew Mitchell has had a huge amount of support for his reaction to it all. Uh, and the biggest thing is that a lot of people saying that you know if if Rugby Australia were to lose this battle, and I, and I think the general consensus is they won't because they do actually have a leg to stand on because. They're not trying to stop him from having his beliefs. They're simply saying that, you know, there's a time and a place for sharing them and, you know, using your position as a member of our company, if you like, is not one of them. Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's pretty disgusting, to be honest. Yeah. I, man, I, this is the whole thing just, just winds me up. Uh, so a few things here. Firstly, um, it just, it just smacks of somebody who's thrown his toys out for him, acted like a complete prick, and because no one agrees with him, he's now thrown his toys out for him. He's like, right, no one agrees with me, so now everybody should be on my side. Like, he's he's just been a pathetic little boy, and now he's actually been quite vile with it. Mm. This is, of course, my opinion. But also, and I may be wrong here. If, I, if I'm wrong, then, you know, fair enough, I need to put my hands up. But as far as I'm aware, I've never known him to post a GoFundMe page for a Christian mission to go and help starving children in Africa. <laughs> or he's, he's never, he's never tried to raise money for people to do that. But as soon as it comes in, he's like, well, hang on a minute. I'm already a multimillionaire. I don't want to lose that money. So why don't you guys give me money? 
so I can unprick myself. Yeah, it's it's, and also I guess you know what what's the impact if rugby Australia were to lose, as I was saying before, I lost my train of thought. But if they were to lose this battle, you know, I don't know how much money he would get, but let's say he got ten million dollars in damages, which is what I believe he's 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 looking for. What's the impact of that on the the sport and the the careers that rely on rugby Australia? Well, that's it. He doesn't care. He couldn't give a shit. All he cares about is himself. So, which yeah. is, as far as I'm aware, not a huge Christian value. It, 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 and I think this is the big point, isn't it? But uh, yeah, so I'm sure there'll be people with with many different views on this. But um, I think, generally speaking, when you when you see this post from Drew Mitchell and you see that there are these people, it's hard to it's hard to to get behind, get behind the idea that you know this multimillionaire needs money more than these children who are dying. Has he at least offered to pay back? If should he win, has he at least offered to pay back the people? Well, I have no idea. Um, I don't think so. I don't think that's how it works. I'd be inclined to say this should be more like a like a, instead of a GoFundMe where you're basically just asking for handouts. Perhaps it should be a crowdfunding where you invest in yeah. the future. And if you therefore have strong beliefs that he's right and you and you believe that he's going to win, then you invest in what he's doing. And you earn, you, you earn a percentage back, you know, it's, yeah, like, it's I'll like a business. I'll give you 50% of the money if you give me 50% of the winnings. Exactly. Or the but, winnings, whatever word it yeah. is, yeah. But I imagine that's not how it works. So oh, it looks like he's going to get more money than it's going to, than his legal. He's basically going to make money off this, courtesy well, of the people he, that are donating, because he doesn't give money back. That's not how it works. Oh, my God. He ends up with a fund and, and he gets to spend that fund on his legal fees. Um, so if his legal fees cost less than what he raised, which is what is being suggested, they reckon three hundred grand is about as much as he would, it would cost the legal battle is going to cost him, and he's already raised half a million. So I don't know if he just pockets the rest. Thanks very much. Well, it's uh, God. I, I hope he doesn't make a penny. And if you're allowed, someone who played rugby, at least at least you're helping the game out globally as well. Thanks for that, you bellend. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, we brought the tone down. Now let's we rise did, it back did. up because the main thing we wanted to talk about today uh, and we've been waiting some time to, to start to get a feel for what the England squad is going to look like is of course that the the phase one I guess that the first part of the England training squad has been announced I think 29 players um, now of course um, anyone who was involved in the premiership semis or finals can't be here at the moment because there's a, a required five-week rest period. So, you know, all the big names from Sarries, Exeter, Gloucester and Northampton, they're not involved in this yet. Um, I believe they're due in at the end of next week. Uh, that sounds right. I, I can't, yeah, I can't remember right. exactly. That will then be an extra two, because that will have been then two weeks. I think that's right anyway. So we should be hearing exactly who they will be, although we can probably, we probably don't need to wait to hear about that. Uh, but yeah, today... Today, uh, this this week when it was announced, uh, obviously it's given us a bit of insight into the way that he's thinking, and there's some interesting calls. It doesn't necessarily mean anything because you know we are talking about a training squad uh, which is going to be almost cut in half for the World yeah. Cup. Not quite, but you know. Um, but yeah, any any first of all, before we get onto the, the the question of those not included. Any names that really kind of jump out to you as being, you know, I really like that. That's exciting. Uh, Don Brandt. Nice. Uh, I, I, I think he's had a great season. Uh, 
uh, I mean, I know everyone went on about the Barbarns game, and yeah, he played well, but that, that to me was just a most sort of, you know, the cherry on the top of the cake. I, I think his season's been great. I like the fact he's been involved. Um, but as you said, and I think the main thing with this squad, because we haven't got the other names, the main thing in this squad is the omissions. I think they're the ones that are well, the key. But Let's talk about them. You're right. That's that's kind of really what, what creates the shape of this squad. And, and you know, we had a long chat uh, last week or maybe the week before about whether or not Dylan Hartley was going to be included. And he's not. He's not there. And from what I've read, it doesn't mean that he's definitely not part of the England setup. It is in the case. In his case, it's a fitness issue. But it's making it very difficult, isn't it? I've not it's, played it's since December. Be, it's going to be impossible for him to be involved now, right? Well, this is what I'm saying. So, so they have said that he's not involved because he's not fit. Yeah, he's not fit to be involved. Um, so there's still a, a kind of an outside chance, but yeah, I just I, I I don't I can't see it now. I think he's probably his World Cup hopes are dead. I yeah exactly because there's I I can't remember who the players are. I think George Cruz may even be one of them. But there's a couple of injured players who are going to camp mm-hmm. uh, so they can have treatment there and be monitored. I, I don't know if it's so much though, and it's not. I don't think it's, the, it's an injury. I think it's he, he's just not believed to be fit enough. I mean, I don't know what that means. <laughs> maybe maybe, right. it's, maybe yeah. it's look, you're 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 fit to play, according to the doctors, but we don't think you're fit enough to be involved. Therefore, it's not a case of you coming and sitting on the sidelines and recovering. You you know you need to go and improve your fitness, and if you somehow manage to miraculously improve it in a way that makes us go okay hang on then you know it, the door is not locked but it is shut I think is probably the so yeah I, I think the thing interesting about this and we a couple of weeks back on the pod were saying I think it was uh, words after perhaps words from Haskell saying how integral he is to the squad as a leader but mm. I, it's also you know and we, and we agreed with that but a good point is if he genuinely is not going to be capable of playing, you can't waste a spot on the squad for somebody no, who can't play. 100%. And, yeah, and but it's also that I actually think that this is the right call, and I think it's done at the right time. Let, let's, you know, let's put an end to it now so that it's not something that, you know, drags on and on, will he, won't he? I think it's quite good that they are now putting an end to it and saying, right, Dylan Hartley's not involved. I mean, maybe what, maybe what they need to do is is just say that because of his situation, like, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to shut the door or lock the door shut for anybody. Um, but in the case of Dylan Hartley, that yeah, the, the captaincy is the issue, isn't it? Because he's the captain, or, you know, on paper. Um, yeah, co-captain. Co-captain. You kind of need to say we, we've not not stripped him of it because that sounds like it's a punishment but you know the captaincy is no longer a, a, on the table even if he is involved he won't be the captain because he hasn't been involved with the side for such a long period of time that you know we need we need our captain to be someone who's who's 100% good to go kind of thing so if you were to take that off the table then i think it changes things because then it becomes simply a case of set, you, you know they can say to him then you know we're not saying no but right now it is no, you know, but there's still two, two and a half, three months for you to change your minds. That's on you. Um, I, I, I think, I think behind closed doors, 
there might have been a, I think it's almost out of respect for Dylan Hartley. I think behind closed doors, like you say, um, yeah, like you say, it's not stripping him of a captaincy. It sounds like a club I went to last night, but it's, uh, and some of the women look like Dylan Hartley in fairness, but it's, it's saying, um, yeah, I, I think behind closed doors, they might be saying, look, Dylan, you know, we've given you every chance, but it's not happening. I think England might have, out of respect for him, they haven't necessarily said that out loud. And if a miracle happens, it happens. But I actually think that this has been probably dealt with in their minds. Yeah, I think I, 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 think, so. I think you're probably right. I think I think this is. I don't. I don't see how he comes back from it when it's not like we're in the middle of a season uh, and he's about to start playing again and he's got matches to prove himself. You know, he's he's not involved in the training camps. It's the it's the off season. I mean. There's there's probably I don't know there's there's going to be a bit of preseason time, but it's just it's not looking likely, is it? No, no, it's no, no. I, I mean, the other two big. Okay, let's move on then, because the other two, or well, the other three big big omissions, um, both Quins, Danny Kerr and Chris Robshaw. Uh, Robshaw for me, not a massive surprise. Uh, I think the the back three, the back three, the back row. Um, for England is looking so strong and so much strength and depth and there's so many options that it's kind of what we said a while back, which is that, you know, he might be a workhorse. He's not been involved for a while and there are people that have now kind of superseded him. You know, yeah, well, I, I think aside. So. Uh, so that's not a huge surprise to me. Danny Kerr, on the other hand, I think is a big surprise or a bit of a surprise. And I think I the, the big thing here is that between them, you're looking at about 250, 300 caps. That's the, 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 what between Care and oh, between the four between of them. Between right? Hartley, Care, right, Rob yeah. Shaw, and I mean Nathan Hughes doesn't have that many, but but Nathan Hughes as well. But yeah, particularly Rob Shaw, Care, and Hartley. You know they are three of the the most capped players previously in the England setup. So you're you're, you're there's a lot of experience. There's I, what I, I guess what I'm saying is is a bit of a, is this a bit of a gamble. Um, um, you're, so, you're clearly going for kind of youth and premiership form, and in some cases, you know, form in an England shirt. But it, but not, you know, this isn't a World Cup yet. It's about to be, and you you know, we've there's been a lot of talk about the the kind of the the need for experience. So so the biggest surprise for me with that, like you say, is for Danny Carey, instance. Now, and the reason this is uh, such a big surprise. So Dan Robson. I think Dan Robson 100% deserved his call-up to the England squad. The problem is, when he was called up, he wasn't used. And that surprised me. And now, for, like obviously, through no fault of his own, and I'm really glad that he's coming back because he had a horrific injury. And it's awesome that he's coming back. And I think Dan Robson actually deserves a place within that squad. But if you're not using him, bearing in mind that Danny Care has been playing really well, and I, if I'm honest, I probably still have Danny Kerr slightly above Dan Robinson, personally. It just seems... I, I, I'm quite surprised by the Danny Kerr one. Uh, having Spencer um, in the squad, I completely get... And who's the other scrum half? It's the uh, Gloucester guy, isn't it? <laughs> Name escapes me. Um, who's played well. So, Danny Kerr omission isn't... It's, it's not as ridiculous as perhaps... You look at some of the Danny Cipriani emissions where you think that's absolutely ridiculous. But to me, that still is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I mean, he's going to, he's going to, we assume he's going to take 
you would think three scrum halves because otherwise you're, I would have you're, thought so, if yeah. you only take two you are committing them to being involved in every single game yeah with no backup so you've got to take three scrum halves so Ben Youngs is clearly favourite no 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 um, Ben Spencer I completely get uh, because apart from anything else if you've got Owen Farrell at fly half which clearly is is Eddie's first choice for for his ten then Ben Spencer spends the season or a lot of the season playing inside him. Richard Wigglesworth, it looks like he's been sort of ruled out. Um, and, you know, obviously he's the other one that has experience of playing with Farrell. So if you've not got Wiggy, then Spencer Wiggy, you know, Wiggy. Ma- makes sense. Um, and, you know, I, I get it. Uh, if The trouble is, is that so often when, when those changes get, um, get rolled out kind of on the 60-minute mark-ish, Farrell's not a 10 anymore. He moves to 12. Yeah, I, I mean, but will, will, so, he, will they so if, necessarily move him to 12? I don't know. So if he goes to 12, and let's say for the sake of argument, Ford goes to 10. Yeah. But you take Ben Young's off because he's going to, you know, he, they're swapping him out as well. So suddenly it's like, well, Ben Young's is used to playing with Ford. One's coming on, one's going off. Spencer's used to playing with Farrell. One's moving to inside centre while the other one comes on. It, I don't know. It just, to me, that doesn't necessarily there's make a, a lot of sense. There, there, there's a lot of speculation there because I'm not I'm not convinced. I know we've seen it before. I'm not convinced Eddie would be looking necessarily at, move, at taking Farrell off to, or moving Farrell to 12 to bring on Ford. I I don't know that's necessarily the game plan. We so don't know. We, we've, we've seen but, him do it a lot, though, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And I get your point there completely. It does. That 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 is true because you'd think Ford and Youngs would be a good partnership and Farrell Spencer, but and and Dan Robson should he ho- hopefully and I assume he must be sort of fully fit now and hopefully he's ready. I hope he's given him a chance because Dan Robson can do great things, but I hope he's given the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Unlike what he had in the Six Nations, where it's like, ah, oh, Dan Robson, we've brought you here. We'll give you six minutes in total. Yeah, I mean, we're also assuming that Ben Spencer will be called up. In in a week's time. Uh, oh, I thought I thought they said he had. Well, he's not because he's obviously Saris. He's, yeah, not, yeah, he's yeah. not being called up yet. We're just assuming that that he'll be the third scrum half because at the moment you've got Ben Youngs and uh, Dan Robson both currently with the training squad, and they're the only two scrum halves, I believe. Uh, no, there was um, it was the guy from Gloucester. There are no name. there are no Gloucester players in currently in the backs, but actually no, we would. Well, again, we wouldn't know, would we? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. But but Danny Care, ignoring that, but Danny Care one, I found a bit of a surprise. Nathan Hughes, I'm surprised because I thought Eddie Jones would go with him, but I'm glad he hasn't because I don't think Nathan Hughes has been has earned that spot. I, I agree. Well, it, and it's an interesting one again, because he's always been the sort of the uh, Eddie Jones's go-to like-for-like uh, like replacement for Billy. Um, but Mark Wilson came on the scene. You know, he's kind of earned his number six shirt. Well, not kind of, he has. He's, he's put his name on that number six shirt. But he came on the scene playing number eight and, and made a name for himself, if you like, uh, in an England shirt, playing at number eight. So I wonder whether Eddie is looking at Mark Wilson as potential number eight cover and thinking I'd rather have more options kind of across the back row where I know that there are people outside of Billy who can cover eight rather than taking a, a, a specialist eight that can't really cover anywhere else in the back row. 
Well, do you, do you think maybe Sam Simmons could be in, with, in the rankings? In for a shout. I know we've not seen him much, but he's had a few games for extra, albeit from the bench. Or, which I'd love, Matt Kvezic. Yeah, possibly. I'm trying to think who else has he who else has he got in? I, this is where my I should have done a bit more research before this episode. Obviously, we've got well, you've, Brad, you've... yeah, sorry, Karen. Well, we've got Brad Shields, yeah. um, Sam Underhill, yeah. Mark Wilson, yeah, ben Tom Curry, Curry. Uh, Tom Curry. Sorry, yeah. Um, who else am I missing? Who else so, I'm missing? Well, I, I what in the current who's currently been named? No, well, it currently been named well, and those that we know. Well, so, be... so, so you've got you, you've got Billy, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. number eight. And sorry, where, where are you looking at Marrow? Because Marrow's been playing quite a lot of six. I hope he doesn't. Look no, but... Marrow's going to go as a as a second row, but but giving him options, I think. But yeah, I, I think the key there. I, I hope the extra boys are involved. Be that Sam Simmons, be that Matt Kvezic, be that our old favourite Donny Armand. Um, just can't see that happening. There's just been no mention of it. There's not even been like a kind of debate about his involvement in, in England setup. Whereas at least with Cipriani, we know that there's been that sort of will he, won't he, what does he need to do? I don't know. I just I just don't think that Don Armand's going to get his his shot. No, I- I don't. I, I, I am starting to get a bit excited that Kvesic might, though. Do you think? I, I hope so. I think Kvesic has been absolutely awesome. And I'd love to see him involved. So, uh, if not, I'd love to see Sam Simmons involved. Because I think... So, Eddie, to me, has shown a slightly different form of eight. Because, to me, Nathan Hughes is a big traffic ball carrier, in theory. You've got Billy for that, which you use. I mean, a Sam Simmons and Matt Kvesic... It's okay that, but you've got like Don Brandt and Simmons who are just that bit more agile, at eight, a bit more sort of athletic and quick. And I wonder whether Eddie wants that as a backup. Possibly, possibly. Um, so before I before we get into this next part, um, you might have some information that that would that would perhaps explain it. But I want to talk about why is Mike Brown involved? Uh, I don't have information that might explain it. Um, you don't? I thought you had some information about the latest on Jack Knoll. Oh, so no, no, no. I've got, so, so they've said Jack Knoll has been said for his injury. So he's had his surgery mm-hmm. and Jack Knoll has been said, Exeter have said there's no reason they don't think he'd be involved in the World Cup. Now, I don't think he'd be involved until the latter stages. Of the um, warm-ups, not the... Of, not the, of the warm-ups, yeah. of course, yeah. Of the warm-ups because of the time to recover. To me, why is Mike Brown involved? Because Mike Brown is a good player, um, but also perhaps because if you look at some of the players there now with injury, maybe Mike Brown adds that bit of sort of mentoring side. Are you talking about purely for training? For the training camp. I, can't, I don't believe Mike Brown will be in the final World Cup squad. Well, you've got Anthony Watson uh, is, is in the training camp. Um, yeah. You've got uh, Elliot Daly, obviously, who's, who's currently the first choice fullback. Uh, you got Chris Ashton, who is a winger but can play fullback. Did it? Did it for the Barbars against England and helped take him I, I can't. I can't imagine him being considered as a fullback for the World Cup. Well, well no, but I'm just thinking more in terms of um, where, you know, the need for additional specialists. Yeah. You know, the point is, you have got Chris Ashton who can cover that position. You've got Jack Knoll, who's a winger but who plays fullback most of the time for Exeter and can certainly cover that position. You've then got. 
you know, Anthony Watson, as I say, who previously was the go-to fullback, and you've got Elliot Daly, who's the current go-to fullback. So without Mike Brown, you've already got four guys right there. Who... But Eddie also sees Mike Brown as a winger, and I wonder if that's how he's looking at him. But that I don't that that doesn't answer anything because it's the same problem, isn't it? Because then you got well, no, Chris, I agree. I Chris agree. Ashton is a winger. Joe Cockenhaseger is a winger. Johnny Mays is a winger. Um, who have I missed? He's a fruit loop, but he's a winger. Um, yeah, no, I I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing. I I think Mike Brown might be there, maybe positional experience hmm. to help some of the others. Mike Brown might just be there because Eddie still sees him as his safest pair of hands. I genuinely don't know. Um, I'm not, because of who else is involved, it doesn't bother me. What will bother me is if he takes a spot of a Cockney Singer or if he takes a spot of a Watson or something. That's when I start, that's when the anger levels start to rise. I see. Okay. Well, so the next one I think sends a bit of a message. We said it was a massive outside chance, um, but Marcus Smith is is there. He's in the training squad. We also kind of said we'd quite like to see him in the training squad. It could be a good experience. Mm. But again, you've got Ford, you've got Farrell, both 10s. Marcus Smith is a 10. And assuming that Cipriani gets the call up at, at the end of the week. Does, does this, has this ruled Cipriani well, this out? Well, this is what I'm wondering. I mean, I'd be surprised because of the, the way that Cipriani was told he was unavailable for... The Barbars game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't know how you we, we we don't know that that we don't know how that conversation went and we don't know the specifics of him being told you know ruled out of playing for the Barbars, but yeah, based on our assumption that it came from ultimately came from Eddie Jones, you've you've got to assume that he, that Eddie's at least going to have him in the training camp, and suddenly you've got four fly halves involved. Now I don't know whether it, whether because what Eddie has done in the past is he sent people home. So I don't know whether he's thought, Do you know what, we've got a couple of weeks where we're going to be a bit short on certain players, particularly it's, you know, if you if you want to create two teams, you need a second fly half in, yeah, in yeah, training. So maybe point. it's like, bring Marcus Smith in now. George Ford's the other guy. They're, they're, they're there. They can do their thing. It's a good bit of experience for Marcus Smith over the next couple of weeks. But next week when we bring in the big guns, we send him home and say, thanks very much, not this year. And maybe, that- he's, and maybe he's already been told that. And, and and actually, that's a really valid point. And that could well be the case. Because you can't have George Ford running every move in every training session, can you? No. And so yeah, do you think, therefore, though, that that's, that that's a potentially likely scenario for someone like an Alex Dombrandt, who, as much as we you know, liked seeing what he did, and we love the fact that a year ago he was at uni getting pissed, the reality yeah. is is that Eddie's probably... It's, poss- it's probably the same sort of scenario. I mean, Eddie Jones is definitely the kind of guy that that could take us by surprise and just throw in this guy as a complete wild card. But it is a Rugby World Cup and is it the time for this sort of thing? You know, there's plenty of opportunities to give him his shot and he hasn't really... He's he's currently uncapped. I don't know. I just... I think having uncapped people involved in the England World Cup training squad to me seems a bit weird. Um, It, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem weird to me based upon how Don Brandt's played. If that player is going to be the most impactful and, and be the best value, which I think Don Brandt arguably could be. Um, but you're right. The, the scenario you suggested, I have no idea if there's any background to it, but that actually makes sense to me. And that could well be what's going on. Because, mm. yeah, if, I mean, we, we, again, we should have probably run the numbers and worked out how many guys we think are, are almost definitely going to be called up next week. Well, that's the thing we'll just never know. Well, we will. We'll know next week. 
Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Touche. Um, I mean, you're such a dick. You're such a villain. I mean, as in, we don't know with Eddie. He's unpredictable. <laughs> Just know what I'm saying. Okay, sorry, mate, sorry. Um, okay, fine. I mean, I, I'm trying I'm trying to encourage us to discuss possibilities. So I know you I, are, I, and now I, just I want to go against everything you I, do. I appreciate that the, 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 if we're just being straight up honest, the answer to every one of these questions is we don't know. Um, that's sort of the point in doing this. Um, I, I've run out of things to, to, to talk about because we, don't, we just don't know, Dan. Um. So, so, sorry, sorry, I'll ask your question again. And I'll, I'll try and be more... I, I don't even remember what the question was now. Oh, it must have been great. It was awesome. Um, it was awesome. It, it was. So, we, yeah, you were saying about running the numbers. You were saying about we could look who's potentially going to be involved. Uh, yeah, I, with, with a view to kind of saying how many of the guys that have been called up into this 29-man training squad are going to be sent away because... Usually these training squads are somewhere in the sort of forty, low forties, aren't they? Total total numbers. I think so. So if we said uh, what forty three? Yeah, if we said that, and then I think you take thirty one to a World Cup, and then you test. reduce it further later. So that means that are so the question is: Are there fourteen guys between uh, Sarries, Exeter, Gloucester, and Northampton that will get called Easily. up at the end of the week? And if there's more than that, that's how many of the people who are currently here are likely to be sent away in a week's time. And then, obviously, we then need to take that 43 or whatever it's going to be and whittle that down, as you say, to 31. Uh, yeah, that, that, that usually will be, because one of the things we're saying about medical, actually, at the moment, Cruz and Vinopola are in the England camp at the moment for medical treatment. Saracens themselves will have about seven players who are going to be called up. Yep. And then between the other three, you've easily got another seven. And presumably, Noel will be in the England camp for recovery as well. I, I Yeah, I don't know, because... Because they'll, want, they'll want him, unless he's been ruled out, surely they're going to want him there well, from a sort of tactical perspective for all the parts of the training camp that aren't physical. But but I, I think, I, I kind of get that, but I think Jack Nell might be, if he's not, I wouldn't be overly worried because I think he'd be so much earlier in his treatment than Mako and George Cruz would be. Mm-hmm. But I suspect if Jack Nell's not called up immediately, he will be perhaps, you know, in another few weeks' time. But it might be at the moment, all he can do at the moment is rest, so there's no point calling him up to rest. He might as well be at home. To yeah, rest. I suppose. Well, I suppose if 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 he's in that stage of recovery where yeah, it is a case of you need to be doing nothing and sitting with your feet up, then for sure. Um, if, however, and it's, it's often the case with with professional injury recovery, um, it's what we need the pod doc for, isn't it? Well, I think he did talk about it this is. when we did have him on. Um, it's more about um, the kind of the physical recovery. Uh, and having those specialists around, and the, and the, you know, the god, the amount of money that gets spent on all the technology that helps recover quicker, you know, ice, not ice baths. <laughs> that would be a very Jurassic well, version it. of. Um, I, and I, I can't imagine that's the most uh, cost intensive. No, no, no. Uh, but they, but but instead of that, they have like rooms that you go in sub zero kind of recovery yeah, room chambers and, like and, and chambers yeah, and yeah all this kind of stuff. So and, and oh. no doubt they've got all of those facilities at Penny Hill Park. Um, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why the likes of Cruz and Mako are there is because actually they've got the best people and they've got the team of the, you know, the, the sort of physio specialists and recovery specialists and God knows what other kind of specialists. They're kind of ensuring that they're constant. You know, they, they're probably as it's, their training is probably as intense as everyone else's. It's just that it's purely recovery based training. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, it could be. So, and and actually, whilst we're on that, just to change things a bit, well, uh, the Joe Marler instance, uh, the reason we're saying that, because I remember when he broke his leg and he drank something like eight gallons of full-fat milk a day or something just to fix it. But Joe Marler... I mean, that's the reason been... That's the reason why I've been eating so much chocolate recently. Oh, is it? Yeah, is yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the fry-ups at the weekend, it's just... Um, I heard it was good I, for... I'm not sure how much milk's in the fry-ups. No, 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 but I heard that fry-ups are good for recovery as well. Mate, fry-ups are amazing for recovery. Yeah. And so are chicken donna wraps, which I'm going to go and get one shortly. Apparently, they're awesome for recovery. Nice. Um, but... It's yeah, so on that Joe Marler bit, so he's not been included, which fair enough, he's ruled himself out. But apparently, it's like, but he's not been discounted yet. Well, if he's not been discounted, why would you not include him? Yeah, well, I, I think so. One of the reasons I think they've, they've not included him at this stage is because, and he's and he was the first to say it, he ruled himself out. Um, mm. and there are great players who have made themselves available, not only made themselves available, but have done incredibly well to, to earn their places in the England setup, and he and he, he kind of said it would be a bit of a joke if someone like me came along and basically just said I've been retired for six months because I didn't fancy all the hard work but now I fancy a World Cup so I'm just going to walk back in again so I wonder whether there's an element of he he is coming back in but they need it to come at kind of he needs to be called up at a later stage kind of almost so they've given England time to go well we just feel like even though he's not been involved he would still add more value than the person he's going to replace um, yeah unless it's a case of it's simply a case of they want him ready because although they're hoping Mako's going to be fit if at the last minute it's decided he's not then they feel like they can bring in Joe as a a like-for-like replacement but yeah I read it too yeah, no. he, he is apparently still in the elite England Whatever you know, player squad. whatever it's called, the elite. Yes. Yeah, they don't they don't publish squad, it, yeah. so we don't actually know it, and I don't know therefore who knew this to write the article. Fake news, maybe. Um, but yeah, apparently he is <laughs> in on, the elite player squad, um, which is a bit bizarre, anyway, because that to me says you're not retired anymore from international rugby. Um, yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a strange it, one, but yeah, it'd be great to have him back. I'd love to have Joe Muller back. Yeah. I think. I think. I think Joe Marler would add so much on and off the pitch. I'd they love to they still need to take Haskell as like the mascot or something. The Archbishop of just make yeah the Archbishop of Banbury just yeah. to have him as yeah even as the mascot yeah the guys but, but bring your guys, boots and the guys switched on with uh you know the guys switched on with all his sort of health and uh, all that side of stuff so maybe he could go along as an assistant to the yeah just and just just say look you come along you, you're not there to play rugby but bring your boots and your mouth guard. Um, yeah, and, uh, and and you never know. I'd I'd like Haskell to be. He won't be obviously. Of um, I mean, but... Hopefully he'll be there anyway, just because he'll be like it's the Rugby World Cup in Japan, and I used to play in Japan, so I'm going to go out there and support. I suspect he'll be out there for TV, like all the TV stations yeah. are going to want him out there, aren't they? They're going to be like, oh, what what's this pitch like? And Haskell will be to, like, to, oh, be, to be honest, I, it's, the main, it's very grassy. And the uh, main reason I want him out there is for his social media posts, his videos of him winding up Farrell. About being his best mate, they, 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 should, just, they should just send him just to do that. Because on the Lions tour, so angry yeah, on the Lions everyone, tour, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. And probably, it was probably the the Australian tours. That's probably where it all started, wasn't it? Where, uh, where he bossed, I, I, where he bossed it in England, it. whitewashed Australia. But yeah, Paul Farrell, you could just see the, you could just see his face drop as Haskell gets near him. <laughs> yeah, they they, they need to up. find a way. Maybe we should start a GoFundMe page to fund. 
Well, um, I don't think we need to fund him, actually. He's probably, like, much like uh, Mr. Falau, he's probably got plenty of cash to take himself. But... Well, I, I, let's, not comp- let's not compare Haskell to Falau. Haskell's let's, a legend. Let's Falau's start a GoFundMe page to send the England rugby pod to Japan. Now, there's an idea. <laughs> there's an idea. And we are pricks as well. So if another prick can get a lot of money, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to. Exactly, exactly. Um, I won't. I won't waste anyone's time by by putting out a request for it. But I will put out a request uh, to say, guys, um, those of you that particularly that keep tuning in, we really appreciate it. Um, if you get the opportunity, as I always say, please head over to iTunes, rate us, review us, let us know what you think. You can reach out to us if you've got any questions or any feedback um, at England Rugby Pod on social media or England Rugby Pod at gmail.com. Um, we're the original England Rugby Pod. None of that O2 rubbish calling themselves the English Rugby Pod or whatever it is they say. It's all right here. here fan, fans talking the way that fans should talk, which is with very thick rose-tinted glasses. And what better time than just before, and of course during, a World Cup. So, very yeah. well said. Um, Dan, is there anything else that you would like to add today or should we leave these uh, lovely people to get on with the rest of their weekends i think i think we can leave i think we can leave it for today and uh next week we'll come back bigger and stronger as always where did i coffee that from i can't remember no idea (laughs) something from love island probably (laughs) Uh, guys it is what it is uh we'll catch you next week cheers